This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, welcome to the Seasiders podcast. This is a, a special and an absolute honour to have Charlie Adam with us. Um, welcome, Charlie. Thanks ever so much for coming on. No, I'm, listen, I'm delighted to come on because it's the first time really I've spoke about Blackpool, just Blackpool only, and um, you know, two and a half great years there. And uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward. I'm actually quite enjoyable to to live the old memories again because it brings back so many good times and. You know, you're thinking back on what, what we achieved was, was phenomenal and um, yeah, it'd be nice to talk about it. Cool. So yeah, just for the listeners out there who don't know this, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, Tim and Charlie were, were more or less next door neighbours for, for a number of years. So just a quick question before we kick off. Uh, what was it like to live across the way from an absolute living legend of Blackpool Football Club? Uh, and that question's to you, Charlie. Well, Tim was actually a good neighbour. Um, we'd normally see each other regular if he was walking his dog because I'd always have the gates open and I'd see him quite regular and we'd always have chats about Blackpool. And, and um, it was it's strange because I only really seen Tim more when I never played for Blackpool than I did play for Blackpool, you know. Yes. So it's um, it's it's crazy. But um, no, he had a few parties that we'll, um, we'll keep quiet that I can remember of. And um, no, nah, listen... It's when you live in that area, you're always close to people, and um, you know Tim's a, a huge Blackpool fan, and and um, you know we we all wanted the same thing, and we we managed to get that. Yeah, we certainly did. Right, Charlie. So we'll we'll kick off the interview because we've got a hell of a lot to get through. So we're going to split this into four sections. So the first bit we're going to be just classes on loan, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. So you initially joined Blackpool on loan, as we all know, with loan spells intermingled at Ross County and St Mirren. So how did yeah. the loan move to Blackpool come about and did you have any reservations dropping down to the English Championship? Well, I'd obviously lived away from home. Um, it was when I, was, I got told that I could go back out and loan again. I'd, I'd done really well at, at St Mern. Uh, Ross County, I was only there for six months, but I got injured and I think I was 18, 19 or something like that, come back and went to St Mern, done really well. And I played a few games in the first team. And then the manager changed, Paul Le Guin. And I think Walter Smith came in and um, I played a few games and I got frustrated. I was only playing and played a few old firm games and you know I seemed to only play in the big games, which was, was frustrating. And then, you know, one January, I got told I could leave and go on loan and um, I just got told that Blackpool were in for, for, for me. But I think it was at the time Alan Gow was there before me, wasn't he? And, yeah, um, yeah. and I think they wanted Alan Gow back and 
what I recognise is that Blackpool asked, do you have anybody else available on loan? And uh, my name cropped up and, and the late, great Tony Parts, who, you know, is obviously suffering at the moment with dementia and, and is going through a tough time, you know, he um, took me there on loan. And um, when I got the opportunity to go, I thought, going to Blackpool, it's miles away. I'd only been there, you know, um, football tournaments as a young kid. And I, I was I was a bit wary of where I was going. But as soon as I walked there, I got there and um, settled in. I loved it from the day day minute. And, um, you know, I, I look at from the day I, I I arrived there to the day I left, I loved every moment. There was never a, a dull time. Um, it was just great memories. And, and fortunately enough, I met so many great people. Yep. So, so you, go on, Tim. Go on, uh, well, I was going to say, Sir Charlie, you, uh, you played for Rangers, one of the biggest clubs in the world, to be fair. And, yeah. I don't know what their training facilities are like, but I can imagine <laughs> they're fairly decent. So, yeah. first day at Blackpool, and you rock up at Squires Gate. What were the first impressions? Well, well, well Tim, I was fortunate enough at, at Ross County. They had good facilities. St Mern, we used to get trained, changed at the stadium, and we'd travel in the bus to try and find facilities. You know, we'd take the goals and put them on top of the bus, and we'd go and try and find a facility. And, you know, I was never a type of player. I never have I've been, even now, that turn my nose up at the training facilities. It's You deal with what you, you dealt with, and, um, you know, it was a pack of cards, and it was there to be done. And I, I was going into an environment where the lads got on with it. Um, washing my own kit was a big surprise for me because I'd never done that. And I was, living, I was living alone away from home, you know, washing my own kit and, you know, um, having to, to do my own things. It was, it was tough, but when I got into the dressing room, the lads were great with me. They were, you know, they were they were all for helping me. And, you know, I was fortunate enough, there was a few Scottish lads there and, and Stephen Craney was, you know, I'll mention him quite a lot tonight, but he was the one that, that basically put an arm around me as an, a senior player. He was a little bit older than me and he helped me settle in really well. And, um, you know, he, he made me, you know, enjoy it even more, and we had some some great times on and off the pitch. Where did you live, Charlie? Start of interest when you first moved down. When I when I first moved, I had a, a flat in Lytham, um, just as you come over the bridge, as if um, you go into Lytham, uh, Clifton Gate Halls. area. Yeah, Clifton, from, yeah, from Lytham Hall. Gate. I was in there, the apartment. I had an apartment. Oh, were you really? There. Oh, I had a mate who lived there. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I used to live in there. I had an apartment there for a bit. And then I moved on to Lytham Keys. Is that Lytham Keys? Is that the... Yeah. Does um, Stephen Craney live there now, I think, doesn't he? Yes. So Cranes was in there. Yeah, and yeah. Um, at the time, Ross Wallace was in there, another Scottish lad. Um, Rob Eddowes was living in there with his family. So I ended up getting a house in there. And um, I think Alex Baptiste, he ended up buying a house in there as well. So I ended up in a house there and loved it. You know, Lytham is, is great. And um, you know, we enjoyed it um, a lot. And it was, it was good to get there. Cool. So... You made your home de- debut against uh, Doncaster Rovers, uh, two three defeat, yeah. and uh, I think it's fair to say you instantly endeared yourself to the uh, the home faithful with your so let's call it an altercation uh, with Richie Wellen. So, were you aware of his pantomime villain status before, no, and uh, did did this influence the robustness of the challenge? No, um, I didn't really know what had gone on before, and. Um, Listen, it was a mistake that I'd done. I should never have done it. I got involved with 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 Richie, who a guy that I speak to every now and then now because of you know good manager, um, good coach. So yeah, it was strange because I, I got involved in an incident that probably should never have got involved in. Maybe the young young naivety and and me got involved, and um, I was overexcited. You know, home debut, the fans took to me straight away, and. Um, 
it wasn't until after I come back from that suspension I realised, you know, the support I was given, uh, I ended up becoming a bit of a, you know, the lads, the, the, the supporters loved it. And I was thinking, <laughs> it's a bit weird, this. You know, I ended up getting a cult you know, hero, lot of, straight away. Yeah, a, lot of pra- a lot of praise and it was, and I was like, so I just thrived on it after that. And um, listen, if it, if it takes that to, to endear yourself to the Blackpool fans, then it was it was worth it. <laughs> Um, when you when you're on your way back from that suspension, um, I think you you played in a reserve game at Accrington and um, yeah. you scored uh, a rather special goal from the halfway line, didn't you? I've actually got yeah. the, I've I've got the video clip, Charlie. So let's just watch that, and you can tell us all okay. about it. After. Are you ready? I think Will yeah. Watt shot this actually. He was telling me, so let's give it. A, I'm not surprised. Uh, let's give it a quick look. That touch there, Bosh. So that that was while you were. Suspended, Charlie. Wasn't so that, I was just coming from, from that suspension. I think it was a three, obviously three game suspension, and um, I hadn't played. I was training, and I just felt that I needed a game just before I went back into the first team. And Parky was taking the, the Gary Parkinson was taking the team that day, and um, yeah, lucky for me, I tried it and uh, I went in, and um, you know, I think that might have set the tone for the rest of <laughs> my Blackpool career. Really, I about to say you had a few more efforts, didn't you? Um, of um, uh, to replicate that, and uh, and eventually you did it in the Premier League, of course, as well, didn't you? Against did Chelsea. on a slightly yeah, bigger on a slightly bigger stage than uh, Accrington. Yeah, no, listen, it doesn't matter where you do it as long as you listen. If you've done it, you've done it. And um, when you you look back, I I actually tried it. I think it might have been against Sheffield Wednesday at home um, when I'd signed. I think Ian Holloway's. He, he left me out one game we'll say that he never dropped me he left me out one Wednesday night or something no Tuesday night it was uh, I was rested he said to me and um, I come on the bench I think I scored as well and um, I had a shot from that, that near the halfway line and just dipped on top of the bar so onto the net so listen I tried it a lot and um, yeah the fans might have been frustrated and, and some of my teammates were but no I was yeah we all loved it uh, I, I was lucky enough one 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 time it went in it was in the Premier League yeah on the biggest stage you, you've scored I've seen a goal you've scored for Rangers not as not from the halfway line was it against Dundee United yeah it was that was from a fair old distance as well when yeah, you were very young was, yeah no that was um, the pitch was terrible wasn't it it, yeah. was, it was it was raining and um, the goalkeeper came sliding out Derek Stilly and it, it just broke to me and I hit it first time and yeah, end up in the back of it. I think we won five 0 that day against the other Tangerines. Yeah. So let's let's get back to this season. And so the your first goal for Blackpool was um sort of a, a it was an audacious chip, wasn't it? It was like a a mini a mini halfway liner. It was against Norwich. Uh, yeah. We've just got that goal against. Let's again. Let's just flick this up and uh, we'll talk about it after. Norwich certainly not looking watertight at the back. Russell giving it to Adam, who chips it. Wonderful. It belies the significance of the game. I don't know what you meant by it belies the significance of the game there, but uh, it was a strange comment for the commentator, but yeah, tell us about that. Was he talking about that? We were close to relegation, weren't we? We were struggling and, um, you know, we we were just picking, we were just getting results and no more and... um, I think we won 2-0 that day and David Marshall was in goals, wasn't he? Scottish, yeah. Scottish goalkeeper and uh, yeah, he's about six foot four and I was lucky to manage to, to chip him from there and that was, you know, another great day and like you say, I'm a, a passionate guy and no matter if you score a goal, I think you've got to show your emotion and that was probably just the whole relief and the, in the because I feel, I feel, you know, over the years I feel off the, the passion, the supporters and, you know, I um, enjoyed the, 
the listen, we all like to be praised and you know, when when they sing your name it's it's an amazing feeling. And I and I and I, and I got a buzz off it. So I um I really enjoyed that moment and um you know, there was plenty more to come. I've actually got that sound clip, Charlie. quite disappointed that there was only there wasn't in many great songs was there I never got a good song yeah there's, you know there's, there's not as many as much originality about the songs anymore is the Tim I can't try to think of the last, we've last actually, I think we we've actually improved since we've come back from the boycott to be honest I think we've we've come out with a, a couple of half decent ones haven't we but I know what you mean that they were a bit generic in those days weren't they and <laughs> yeah it was just the same got, just changed the name wasn't it yeah <laughs> Anyway, you, we're going to talk about the, the probably uh, my favourite moment of that of your loan period, and that was um, uh, Deepdale away on the 11th of April 2009. I was actually yeah. on holiday up in um, the north, well, top of the Dales, and uh, we all piled in the car and drove back down for the game. And um, uh, and you know, following the, the incident that John mentioned before with Richie Wellens, Wellens, if you ever wanted to cement your popularity with the Tangerine uh, Army it is to score away at the Nobbers. And um, d- before the game, did you know quite how sort of vociferous the rivalry was between the two teams? Or? Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, the first thing you do when you join a new club is you look at the rivals. I knew Preston was a rival. I knew that it would be... Listen, and it's not until, you know, until I actually got back to the club and realising and, you know, Tim knows I was a married a Blackpool girl and, and and that other side of her, her side of the family, you know, they it it means so much to people and um, the history of that. I knew that when I first joined, there was a big rivalry, but it wasn't till till that day that I realised that in that in that in that day, my dad and my, one of my friends was in the stand that day, and um, my dad had fifty quid on me and Blackpool to win one nil. And um, I could never rem- I could never forget the day. It was it was roasting hot, and uh, we played really well. We were we brilliant. And obviously, I scored that goal. And um, I remember I remember my dad, my mate was was at the game, and and I, I got I come back to the to the flat, and we come back, and um, and we we went straight into Lytham, and um, oh, we had what what an what a night we had. I bet um, you didn't buy a drink all night. Oh, absolutely. No, my old man, my old man bought the drinks. Don't worry about that. Um, it was a good price as well. So he had a few quid in his pocket. So now we celebrated that. And um, it was just, they're the moments that you remember, you know, one nil away at Preston. But it's just the, the other side of the game, like, you know, people being there watching you and things like that was just phenomenal. And um, it was, that uh, was a great day. Yeah, we've, I've actually got the goal clips of this. I can play these goal clips for the, the older games, but we can't do any Premier League ones because we'll get copyright strike. So... We've got um, two more to come after this. Let's just let's just show and talk us talk us through the goal because it wasn't a typical Charlie Adam goal, was it? It was a, a daisy cutter right into the far corner. So we're, yeah, so no, but it, if you look at, I actually scored one quite identical. <coughs> no, pick the ball up in a similar area against Nottingham Forest in the you did, season. Yeah, yeah, you did. The actually, season, yeah, yeah. the season we get promoted. Um, you know, so if you want to play that clip, yeah. it's an uh, Yeah, I'll stick it on. Sorry, Joe. That's Wallace, though. Charlie Adam could. Adam has two in support, but has gone for goal himself, and he's found a corner. Half-time looming, and Charlie Adam has given Blackpool the lead in the Lancashire derby. Still makes me smile. Oh, it makes I, I, me... Listen, yeah. it gives me a buzz, uh, no matter what I see. It doesn't matter. Just... I know we're on a Blackpool podcast and I'm I'm going to be biased, but just bringing back the memories, it just the the motion comes back of so many good times. You know what I mean? And 
it was um, no, it was a great day, and um, you know, luckily, I still have a decent record at Deep Bill against Black, uh, um, Preston because I was there against with Red earlier last season, and uh, we beat them again. What was the reception like? From Horrendous! The, I got dogs go abuse. Tell us about dog, it. Dogs abuse. I got dogs abuse, and um, I loved it. Um, <laughs> just kept smiling. Um, you know, even the manager was giving me a bit in the sidelines as well, and. It's just, it just, it's just great to walk out there because I knew it was going to come, and I played really well that day as well. And uh, you know, we were, I think it was two 0 up early doors, and we we could have battered them, but it was, that uh, was a great win, especially walking off the pitch with a big smile on my face. <laughs> Did you give anything to the fans? Or any like a two? No, just, a, just, a, just a look and a smile, and just <laughs> I knew that I'd been in the lines then again, and 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 got a, got a win. Excellent. So this is this question slightly off topic. Um, Obviously, the West Lanks derby, it's, it's big for us, but it's obviously not as big as a, an old firm clash. And I've, no. I, I've watched quite a few of those on YouTube and what, what an atmosphere that must be like to play in and just how do the two compare? Well, I think uh, there's more to the old firm, isn't there? The, the off-the-field stuff and the, you know, the religious side of it, which is, which is not what, what we all want to be about. It's about, you know, the, on the pitch... There's a big rivalry. It's a great atmosphere. You know, fifty thousand Ibrox, sixty thousand Celtic Park. But this one is just—it's local. It's—it's it's intense. You know, people going up in the train or you know the, the in the cars up there. It's one way in, one way out. And um, no, when we when you get there and you and you get a win at your your local rival, it's a great feeling. And um, fortunately for for me that um, I think we we won one nil that lone game. And I think did we draw the. I never played one of the, the, the season we got promoted. I never played. Um, I was suspended, and but we did the beat other them one, both draws, weren't they? We both draws. Was it nil nil and one one? Yeah, we battered them at home. If you remember, Billy Clark yeah. scored early doors. Should have been about five nil. Scored a free kick. Yeah, he did. He did that when he scored. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, yeah. remember that. First Which was the one where we had where we literally filled the end. Was that the one game that you played in? I thought I think, was it the following season. I think it was the following. It was the promotion season, wasn't it? The one where we took five thousand. We filled it both yeah, times. And it, and it was no, no, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I missed the game through suspension. Now. So, um, Charlie, that was the the end of the season, and you'd, you'd returned to Rangers, and thankfully we've come back in for you for a yeah um, a permanent transfer, a uh, five hundred thousand pounds around that kind of mark. It's a a massive transfer for Blackpool. It's something we were all very surprised about and we were all delighted when it did happen so how did the move yeah. come about and did you have did you have any reservations about signing a permanent deal coming back to Blackpool you know the fact that you're coming from Rangers such a huge club no because I joined I enjoyed myself so much um it was just I didn't know where the football club was going obviously Tony left um and then Ollie come in and I didn't know what he was thinking but I think he looked at the games and watched it and realised that I made a, such an impact with the supporters um, and he knew that it was it was probably right if he can get me back. And he was on the phone to me pre-season. I remember going to Germany uh, pre-season with Rangers and he was on the phone to me quite a lot. I was talking to Tomo actually quite a bit as well, Steve Thompson, during the summer and um, I was just waiting to see what would happen. I had a couple of offers maybe to go. Uh, one of them was to Preston. They offered they offered me to go there. Well, um, did you really? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they offered they offered four hundred grand, and they wouldn't go for the other hundred thousand. Um, Alan Irvine was the manager at the time, and then I was talking to my agent at the time, saying, "What am I going to do?" And he said, "Listen, I don't see Blackpool coming for you, no, with that type of money, because we knew what was how it would work and you know finances and that." And then one day we got a phone call. Uh, Ollie said to me, "Listen, club want to pay half a million pounds for you." 
deals agreed. Do you want to come down? And I come down and um, signed the contract. Uh, Matt Williams was um, was there at the time as you know. What do you call him? Secretary, Top everything secretary, he yeah. did. Yeah, and, Every, uh, everything he was on him. Matt, Matt, Matt was um, did every job, but fair play to him. He was a great guy, and um, you know kept the football club going. And I signed, and and then um, then that was it. The rest it is just, history, as they say. Yeah, yeah the rest is history. It was a two-year deal with a year's option, and um, then then it become. I knew when I was at Blackpool when I, I went on pre-season trip to Devon. It was one of the worst pre-season <laughs> trips I've ever been on, and. Um, but we got on with it and um, it doesn't matter what facilities you've got. It just shows that hard work, a good group of players, a bit of quality and you've got a chance of getting promoted. Fletch told a good story. Um, I don't think it's a story actually about um, um, Valeri being persuaded to put this fund together to, which I think was used to fund that transfer fee for you. Yeah. Um, I think we brought Erds in as well with it and uh, ultimately I think it was used to pay Boatz's wages as well. So... Um, um, I think with I think if Carl had been holding the purse strings, I suspect that half a million might quite not have materialised. But um, thank uh, God it did. Yeah, listen, Valeri obviously put his money there, and um, the, you know he he stumped up a lot of money to over over the years. And 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 fortunate for me that he he done what he he felt was right for the football club, and he he done that. And I, if it wasn't for him, then probably I wouldn't be there. But it's. Um, it was great. It was great to to be able to sign there and sign for two years and and go and enjoy my football. And um, I certainly did that. You certainly did, right? So let's let's move on to the um, promotion season two thousand and nine ten. So Charlie, you just mentioned Holloway spoke to you on the on the phone. So when yeah. when did you first meet him and what your what were your first impressions? Well, I n- never met him until I went to training. Um, so you only spoke to him on the phone before you'd signed. Yeah, I'd only spoke to him on the phone. I, you know, quite not regular, but every I must have spoken to him about four or five times in that oh, okay. week, ten days I was in Germany, he was on the phone a lot saying, Are you gonna come? And it was a big decision for me because yeah. I had still had a three year deal left at Rangers, um, you know, and I was thinking, Well, am I gonna go there? I, I did enjoy it, it was it was good, but you know, you're always thinking leaving Rangers is gonna be where do I go from there? And and I felt, do you know what? I was happy, I was gonna get an opportunity to play. He he gave me the the old spiel of that, you know, you're going to be the main man, and you're going to. I'm going to build a team around you, and, and that persuaded it for me really. And also, I knew it was a good group of lads, so I got there, and um, yeah, it was it was fortunate enough for him. When I got there, he's, he he spoke well, and um, we had a, we we just had it off straight away. The um, uh, as we learnt about probably a little bit later on in the season, um, we had this unusual arrangement that came about where. The team shared a very significant bonus if if you got promoted. Yeah. And um, how did that come about? Was it something that was discussed at the beginning of the season? And and what do you mean the promotion bonus? Yeah, because um, obviously I don't think Blackpool had ever done anything like that before. And um, obviously no, we, we had discussed as a group of players. We'd realised that other clubs at the time who were going up to the Premier League and um, well, listen, the, the lads were on massive money. So we felt that there was no win bonuses. So we felt that we had to try and get some way of, if we go up, the club's going to receive 90 million. So we felt we, we were due a share of that. And we felt, okay, I think if we had said we wanted 10 million, we probably, Carl would have said it because he never ever thought that we'd get to the Premier League. So they signed it off and we, we agreed at 5 million to get promoted on, um, like on a point system. And, um, 
yeah, that was that was that was just it because we we felt that it was. Um, listen, we, did we really think we were going to get promoted? Absolutely not. But we're lucky for us. We we had an we had an, a, an agreement for for win bonuses and things like that that would happen, and um, we we managed to get a share of the, so that pot. Did that just come about from the players getting together and agreeing? Or was yeah, it, no, it was that, an agent's that, idea or anything? No, it was just a committee right. that we had in the, they had in the dressing room at the time. There was a few lads, and they'd obviously spoke to other lads in the, uh, other clubs that were going up from the championship and coming back, and they're, they're part of that. Around that time, it was about $5 million to go up for a lot of the clubs. Now, I think it's about $10 million. A lot of clubs are giving $10 million out and different bonuses and things like that. So it was, um, yeah, so $5 million at that time. Um, for us, we were, you know, as, as we'll go into the podcast later, I'll tell a few stories probably that Fletcher's <laughs> told, but... We um, yeah, we were lucky enough to to get that share of that pot really. So the um, the season um, we had many highs and lows in in that game. So we've we've just pulled out a few key games, beating Newcastle mm-hmm. at home two one, Andy yeah. Carroll scoring for their scoring for them, and um, is it D, is it DJ scored the winner. Forest away one 0 their only home defeat of the season. <laughs> New, go on. going, going back going back to that Blackpool that, that Newcastle story was was good for me because my the rest of my life basically changed after that. I um we, we had a group of lads who who liked we liked a Sunday session. There was a few lads we had it was a good school of maybe seven, eight of us would go on a Sunday after a game on a Saturday. We'd go and have a few beers in Lytham, sit, watch football, um, you know, from twelve o'clock, six o'clock, eight o'clock. It could it was it was a it was a good a good good day out and um we played Newcastle Tuesday night and we heard that there was something going on in the residence at Poulton on, on a Tuesday night. So the lads, you know, myself, Craney, you know, Everett, um, I think who else? Babs would probably have been there. Billy Clark would have been there. And um, we said after this, if we win tonight, we're going out. And um, it was a Tuesday night. We'd never ever go out on a Tuesday night. We'd always go out Saturday night or a Sunday, Sunday afternoon because there was like a, there was some, I don't know, like some clothing thing going on in the residence of Poulton. So we realised that, right, OK, if we win tonight, we're going out and we won 2-1. And that's, I can remember that. And that was the night I met my wife. Ah, God. So what, it's, it's funny, isn't it? What what might have been? So if we hadn't have won that night, you probably wouldn't have met your wife. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it funny? I'd have still been out, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not say that. But no, yeah, so so it's like that Newcastle game is quite a big, as a fond memory for me because then obviously my... Um, I, uh, obviously life changed after yeah, that and it was yeah, yeah for the good yeah but well, what a game it was though wasn't it um, well it was brilliant yeah. because Newcastle at that time had did they have Barton Nicky Bott <laughs> Andy Carroll scored a towering Andy header do you remember Carroll Colaccini Colaccini yeah. I think was on an absolute fortune he was probably on more than his weekly wage was probably on more than what, what our whole team were getting at that night yeah. um who else did they have? I think they had Gutierrez. They had Jose Enrique. And they'd just been relegated from the Premier League, hadn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. It, was, that it, one year. it was massive and for us to play Newcastle. That's what I'm saying. Stop. So it was a massive yeah, yeah. game. And, and we looked at some of their players and obviously Joey Barton and people like that, Nicky Button midfield. And I was yeah. thinking, well, welcome to the championship here. And um, are we battled? I thought we played really well that yeah. night. Um, and obviously, and was it, were we were 2-0 up. I think I think if we went one 0 up. Carol equalised, and then we was it DJ scored the winner. I'm sure it was. was it might, it maybe DJ, DJ scored, yeah, yeah, yeah but um, no, it was brilliant. Yeah, what a night! And uh, the other, we've touched on this already. Um, um, Forest away, I think, as we go on to talk, we beat them four times that season, and yeah. uh, 
I think we were, we were the only team to beat them at, 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 at their place yeah. that season up to that point. Well, I think the whole season, if I remember rightly. So, uh, and, um, you know, as, as you touched upon before, you saw you scored a goal which was remarkably similar to the one at Preston. And um, it's probably the goal that stands, that I remember the most from that season until we got into the playoff games, to be honest. It was a um, fantastic run and a great shot on the end of it. Yeah, no, I remember it. I remember it. Um, let's say another tough day, another hot day. And um, Forest were a team that, you know, they had good good experienced players. I think I had a ball up front. Gunter played, McCleary played. They had, um, you know, the Tyson, um, Chrissy Cohen played left midfield. Billy Davis, obviously the manager. And um, we always knew it was a tough game going there, but we just seemed to have the better of them. And um, we were delighted when we got them in the playoffs because we knew that we'd beat them over two legs. Um, I think we, 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 we said to ourselves, as long as we get Forrest in the semi-final, we'll take anybody else in the final. Mm. You know, Cardiff or Leicester. And... Um, we we obviously played not in Forest and we and we beat them the whole four games of the season there. We'll just we'll come back to that the uh, the playoff uh, semi finals just a, a bit later this end this section. So, do you remember the um, Swansea at home game, Chai, when we destroyed them five one? Um, I think they had the most. They conceded the fewest goals in the entire division, and we we just swept them aside one evening. And that was that was yeah. the night that was the night when I thought. We're on to something it. here. We're on to something here. I think we're we're going to do this after seeing that performance. Because because Swansea had Swansea were a team that played nice football, didn't they? Yeah, Leon right. Britton, people like that. They were they were a nice passing team, and um, we just we just come at the blocks firing, and like you say, we end up with a five one. We finished. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, that was a big result for us as well. It was Jason Yule who scored that winner against Newcastle. He's right. Yeah. Oh, Jason Yule. Yeah, yeah. The um, uh, I think by that stage as well, uh, Seamus Coleman had come in, hadn't he? Um, Seamus come in, yeah, yeah. Um, which I, for me always added a he added a different dimension from from the point of view of you know he always he had Crania Crania on the right hand side, uh, so on the left hand side, and him on the right, and they were, he might they might as well have been playing as wingers, aren't they? half the time, it yeah, was, no, uh, they were brilliant the ball from Cranes, you know, was the model professional. Like he worked so hard every day, he looked after himself was just an athlete going forward. I hadn't really, and obviously knew he played a bit and heard a lot about him, but great guy um, and was a phenomenal athlete going forward. And then obviously Seamus come in and um, was just a breath of fresh air when he, we, we got him. He'd go in the little mazy runs. He's, you know, coming from Everton, a little bit slight, we thought, and uh, he, was, he was terrific for us. And um, the quality he showed over the whole season was just phenomenal. He changed the game at Scunthorpe, didn't he? We, it was finally poised. I think it was one all, and we we had to, we, we had to win that game, didn't we? We had it, to win. It was, it. A th- it was a throw in. He comes cutting inside, doesn't he? Um, yeah. th- goes by three or four players, and um, we won four two that day. And um, I remember. I think that, like you say, I think that that whole season that was a turning point. Was was Scunthorpe away? Yeah. Oh, I, remember. I just remember the atmosphere of that. That must have been a, a hell of a Was that the first play. game when we had um, This Is The Best Trip song? I've, I've, I've yes. Yeah. It was. Yes, it was. And I remember big day at Peterborough as well. We won 1-0. Yeah, we did, we did, to be honest, that was the next one <laughs> on our list. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's one of those iconic away games that um, Peter obviously is a fan because again it was another scorching hot day yeah. and, everybody, and there's a I don't know if you've ever been Charlie but there's a bar in there called the Charteris which is like a converted boat on the okay. river and uh-huh. all the Blackpool fans are power there lots of them in fancy dress 
And we're on a terrace, which is a bit unusual as well in the championship. So we're in terrace behind the goal. And, um, well, I'm all, I'd like to hear what you think about it because from our perspective, it was just one of the great, great, not the greatest performance necessarily, but one of the great, great away games. No, I, I thought we were, we were poor that day and we nicked a 1-0. Um, but what I remember about that day was the lads stayed behind after the game on the pitch and um, gave the, the supporters the appreciation of, you know, coming and supporting us away. And, you know, we had... There was a lot of a long journey for everybody, but they had a good time, and you know we knew that we never played well, but we nicked a one nil, and it just kept that momentum going that we that we were on at that time. Mm. Yeah, um, the momentum led up to the Bristol City at home game. Uh, it was a it was a game we had to win or um, just do better than Swansea, and uh, what an atmosphere that was beforehand. I mean, could, could you hear could you hear that from the um, dressing room? Yeah, we heard that. Yeah, we heard that. We heard that. We knew it was going to be a big game. And I think even the we we played Plymouth away one day and we we um, I, I scored that one, but we had a great support at Plymouth as well um, away from home. We we actually flew to Plymouth for some reason, don't know why. We got airport flying from Blackpool to Southampton and um, we won that game as well. And there was a good support there as uh, you know we were well followed away because we were going well. Um, and like you say, going that Bristol City, we knew that um, we needed to to match the result and we could hear it in the dressing room. The place was bouncing, the lads were bouncing because we'd on such a good run and we we know we'd spent that £5 million so many times on the bus after the games. <laughs> um, it was just, just phenomenal. We were, like you say, we're on a great run and um, we got to that match and we, we knew that we, we couldn't lose it and um, we ended up, end up drawing the game. Uh, it was Nicky Maynard scored scored the opener for Bristol City from memory, and yeah, and there was loads. What I remember about that day was another hot. I don't know why, but it seemed to be a, <laughs> the weather seemed to be roasting that season, yeah. and we there was there was everywhere balloons, banners everywhere, and the stadium was just packed out, and um, you know it felt like it was a playoff game, but it was the biggest game for a long time, and like you say, it was a, a journey that, that everybody was on. There's that video, isn't there? I think, which I think is taken in the old Gene Kelly stand, you know, the open stand uh, along the side, and it's Bristol City, and they're going, "What they say? one of his mates is going, what are they saying? And we're all singing Holloway's Tangerine Army, and he says that yeah. we're singing about Holloway, and we all have those cards up, the whole three ends, because I think we just, we'd only just opened the South, hadn't we? Um, yeah, Jimmy game, it might have, Was it in the first game of the South Open? It might have been. Um, I know it only just opened, and, um, and when we had before you came out, there was all these cards held up. We couldn't see anybody because yeah, I've, see, I've seen the video on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Johnson's just said um, Plymouth Way was a fantastic atmosphere, Charlie. And I've got got one thing to thank you for that game actually, because I had um, you to score and uh, Blackpool to win two 0 I think I won about three hundred and fifty quid. So yeah, I was, when, it, when, you, when you put us two 0 up, I was praying that no one else scored. Do, do, do you know what I remember from that trip? Um, we talked about the, the team spirit and we had the, with the manager and the players. So we played Plymouth. We obviously flew there on a Friday. We played and we got we were getting the bus back after the game. And Ollie, we'd, we'd obviously we played well. We won the game. And Ollie, about ten minutes into the journey, he stopped the bus. He said, "Right, lads, get in that shop and fill yourselves with, with alcohol. And let's enjoy it." <laughs> so, so the lads got off the bus, went and got themselves carried out, straight back on the bus. We end up fishing chip shop on the bus again and the lads were just having beers. And it's easy, it's, it's good to talk about it now, but this was this was a regular thing. We'd have a drink on the bus after the game eh? um, and enjoy ourselves. Team spirit was, was brilliant. And um, 
you know that 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 reminds me. The Plymouth game reminded me that we we got off. We we filled the bus up with beers and lads were you know vodka shots and all that and vodka and cokes and that was just it was brilliant. And it was a long journey coming back, but yeah. we enjoyed it and the manager loved it as well. And and um, let's say the, the big thing what I'll always take with that that group of players is the spirit that they had. Does that thing never happen then, Charlie, in the Premier League and in the, the kind of the upper echelons <laughs> no, of football? Do people no, not? Do, does that not happen? As soon as, as soon as you got on the bus nowadays, it's like, do you want a shake? Do you want a recovery shake? Do you want this? Do you want that? The chefs on the bus. It's all changed now. I think it's more of a diet thing. Dietitian is probably running the, 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 the you know off the game and off the pitch now. And um, do you think that's a good or a bad thing? No, I, th- I think it's good. I think the players are different now. Um, you know, it's. Um, I don't, Is it good for camarad- camaraderie though, and you know, like bonding? So what you've just described previously yeah. sounds like more like you you become a band of brothers almost, don't you? Yeah, no, we we did, and like you say, we we still we still have our own group chat now from from that season right. and the players in it, and there's a couple of the lads that that have played for the club, before, you know, since I left that are involved in the group, and it's it's every now and then there'll be a, a text going in it, um, especially when let's say Evo's obviously a manager, and if he gets a good result, we're always say. You know, saying good luck at the weekend or brilliant result, and you know, if one of the lads scores and things like that. So it's it's good to keep in contact with these lads. Um, but no, I think the game's changed now so much since, in, even in the last ten, twelve years since I left, that um, no, I don't think you'll you'll see um, many football clubs. Listen, there'll still be one or two maybe in the lower leagues that allow the lads to have a beer and after the game, but but definitely not in the Premier League. That's really surprising. Yeah, I remember great. Charlie, um, you, um, your disciplinary record at Blackpool probably wasn't, wasn't. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was being polite and said it wasn't the best. Was uh, I, I remember we, we must have been about seven or eight games from the. Well, maybe maybe a couple less than that. Maybe five or six games from the end of the normal season, and you were one yellow away. Six, from a, six away. Six away was from the, in the league, and you then were, I still and I still had the playoff games to go. Yeah, yeah and you was, got, it was a three-match ban, wasn't it? Because you'd already yeah. been banned once. Yeah. Um, how the hell did you manage to get through the rest of that season without getting a yellow card? I don't, I don't, I don't know, Tim. I, um, as you've probably seen, I never tackled for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, and even in the final, the, the manager said to me, listen, if there's anything that you think is you're not going to get to, don't be silly. He says, you're going to miss the first three games of the Premier League season. And I thought that everything would finish. Once I got to the final, I thought, right, that's me. I'm, I'm delighted. And, that, and that's the only reason that the manager took me off against Nottingham Forest, because I was on the booking. The game was won. Yeah. Um, because he obviously I wanted to stay on and, and things like that. But yeah, I think it, it was I think it was six games I had, and then I had the playoffs. So it was a bit. I, I, just, I just remember being convinced that you were going to miss yeah. three very important yeah. games at one point, and, and <laughs> when it was going to be, and yeah, and it was just fantastic because obviously we were on such a, a crest of a wave, weren't we? Oh, it was amazing. Honestly, yeah. Tim, I was just on cloud nine every weekend, winning games, and and. Um, couldn't wait to get back into training and we the next game would come and we'd win that and we keep talking about it after like once we got to about five or six games I think after we scunned up or we were five or six games out and we knew we had a chance of getting in that playoffs and we talked about the bonus and it was like obviously the lads knew they knew what pot they were going to share and lads were saying oh yeah I'm going to buy a Ferrari I'm going to buy a Lamborghini and all that and just a laugh and a joke but it just kept us going and um Reality is that you know we 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 got there in the end. It was just it was a phenomenal season. It was just just going back to the the booking thing, Charlie. For, for me personally, it was so stressful watching any game like involving you. Like, please don't get booked. You know, particularly in the 
in the semis against Forest. I was thinking this is going to be an absolute yeah. nightmare if he gets booked. And, um, and, and do you, rem- you remember the one where I got, a, when I missed the Preston game, I got booked against Crystal Palace at home for a dive in the last minute and it was a stonewall penalty kick. I think we drew the game 1-1. Uh, was it Palace we were was playing? It 2-2. Was it Palace we drew 2-2 we drew with Palace. That was the... well, pa- Palace were in the league at that time as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that was uh, yeah. his debut was Palace at home. Palace at home. So I remember one of the games, It was, uh, I think it was Palace at home. We were drawn 2-2 or something. I got fouled in the last minute and it was before the Preston game and I ended up getting a, uh, a two-match ban and I missed the Preston game or a, a one-match ban missed the Preston game and that was... That was it, was it, and it was a stonewall penalty in the end. But like you say, I had to just tread carefully for about six or seven games um, for that booking for the Premier League, for the for the Championship, for the playoffs, and because I knew that I was um, I was going to miss three games. Yeah. And, I, and I said to I even said to Matt Clattenburg in the second leg, I said to him, "Listen, just just warn me if you think it's going to be if I'm if I'm closer." Just you know, he said, "Oh, why?" He said, "Listen, I'm going to miss a three game ban here." But I never I never really had any. You know, opportunities that I was going to get booked. I just I tried to stay out of trouble, and I done that. And um, yeah, I managed to to play in the the the, the games. Yeah, thank God. So the, the the Forest games, obviously, we'll we'll touch on those before we go into the Premier League. Yeah, we won two one. Um, going behind to Chris Cohen's strike at home, and you've scored a, a penalty in that game again. Uh, the atmosphere was was unbelievable. And, yeah, and Fletch told us a funny little story about Billy Davis at the end of the game. Would you yeah. like to uh, yeah. um, regale yeah, so, the so, uh, viewers with that? Yeah, so we um, obviously we played the game. We beat them twice in the season. We were confident. We, we were delighted that we got them in the playoffs. Um, and I, said, I remember the story really well because I never really played well in the game. And I got the, it was obviously a great goal for Chrissy Cohen, strike outside the left foot. And we um, obviously created a few chances. And then Keith scored. Don't know how many ricochets he had, about 10. <laughs> bundled it in, didn't he? Bundled it in. But it, it come from... Seamus has run, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. Dribble and um, we cut across and obviously we got that goal back to 1-1 and um, keep going back. My, my dad was in the stand that day and um, yeah, it was emotional because you see it in my face that I was I was so so emotional every time I scored and, and I knew that that was probably the opportunity we had to, to win the game and obviously we win it 2-1 and, and Jello makes a save right at the end to, mm-hmm. to keep us at 2-1 but I remember after the game Billy Davis coming onto the pitch and you know, shouting at the lads and going up the tunnel, and he said, "Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll beat you at home, and we've got you. Said, don't don't worry about it. You bought you, you bottle it and things like that." And we we remember that. And um, obviously, the second leg is you know there's a, there's stories to that when we were stood in the tunnel. He he kept us waiting in the tunnel, and um, the, the referee was obviously there. And I said to Mark Clattenburg, "Says, hurry up and get them out because you know what time we're waiting on and that." So I banged on the door. And I says, and I and I, and I, I told him, I says, like, come on, you know, knowing knowing that polite manner, uh, and they, and they, and he took offence to it, and um, listen, it fired them up a little bit at the start of the game, and they scored early, but we were we were phenomenal that day, and I, and um, well, it was an amazing result. I think the first thing I I remember about that game were you there, John? Do you uh, go? No, I couldn't get a ticket. I had to watch it on telly. Two, two things I remember. First of all, I remember walking over the the bridge um, across the um, uh, across the river. 
And all the Forest fans were speaking to were almost, they were almost like being a bit, uh, how could I put it? Um, okay. the, yeah, they were cocking and, 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 um, they were quite, uh, the treat was quite, quite demeaningly. They, they, they almost, they, they were convinced they were going to win and we yeah. were just there to make up the numbers. And so, and to be honest, we didn't rise to the bait. We, did, we just smiled at them and said, well, you know, because I think we, we knew you were going to win. Um, I was, uh, you know, and, um, and the other thing I remember was just for the stop, I don't know whether it came across to you in the tunnel, but just before you came out, the noise from them lot, I forgot. That song was unbelievable. The song they sing is unbelievable. We we had it in the tunnel, huh? Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, because we, we were, they, were, they were above us and at the sides. And it's one of the only times watching a football match where I've been stood next to my brother and I cannot hear what he's saying. And he stood right next to me shouting at me and I'm going, I can't hear you. And it was it was it was that. Laugh. I'm trying to think what the song was now. Somebody on the chat will tell us in a minute. Is it it Mul- was Mul- Mulligan Tine or something. Yeah, I think. It was, oh, gee, and, and I, that that is that was some atmosphere. And of course, as you say, they they they, they have a good start. And um, we, you know, we start to think, uh, is is it our year? But um, yeah, that was never uh, helped us either, did he? <laughs> <laughs> and and we remind them a lot about it as well. Uh, he had a shock. He had a shock at that game, didn't he? Oh, he was terrible. <laughs> He's the worst player on the pitch. And we actually, we remind about him quite a bit <laughs> now, but he laughs about it. Uh, I don't know what he was doing for, for the for the first goal. And what was he doing for the, last, the last one? The last goal as well, yeah. The last goal. Yeah. He tries to go back to the goalkeeper <laughs> and he doesn't even kick it. So, um, no, nah, it, was, it, it, was, it was great. But like you say, when when we get back to 1-1 one, one and it's still 3-2 in aggregate, and then obviously the little man comes up and scores a hat-trick and then Dobbs comes off the pitch and, you know, changed the game for us as well. So it was um, that was a, an, another great night for us off there, and then um, yeah, we enjoyed it after after that. I, I mean, think, I think gone. I was going to say, John, just being there was just something else, and and I think most Blackpool fans, whether they were there or not, think that's probably the most the best performance that we uh, us of our, our sort of age have ever seen a Blackpool team yeah. play and it's a great really? testament to yeah. you without a shadow of a doubt it's, it's better than oh. Wem- better than Wembley better than anything in the Premier League that was the that was the most consummate performance that we've ever seen because it wasn't just the goals it wasn't just the fact we won it was the it was the almost like there was almost like an arrogance to you the way you were all playing football you knew where everybody was you knew you were you knew how good you were and you knew you were going to win the game. Yeah, and that come from the, the manager. The manager drummed into us the whole season, you know, to, to have no fear and listen to 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 go and have that arrogance and that bravery to play. And um, we done that, and um, it was no listen. It was a phenomenal night, and they talked about the. I could remember the atmosphere really well, and it, you know, it was just it was a great result, and you know, the the, the aftermath of it, and Ollie with a cone on his head, and you know. I, I, I still I still watch it on YouTube now, seeing how young like Barry Bannon is. Who yeah, with the elbow you know, music on that. Yeah, one. yeah just yeah. just just unbelievable, you know. Yeah, it's um it, 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 it's one of those games that's always going to live in the memory with it for everybody. I think I tell you, I think I'd, it, arguably his best game for Blackport, and that's Craney. I thought Craney yeah. was absolutely fantastic. Nice, um, phenomenal. Uh, it was it was it was pure it was it was pure theatre as well. I mean, the number of people I, I, who rang us all as Blackpool fans after who knew we were Blackpool fans rang us after the game because there was this big thing about DJ as well, wasn't he? About him being a lone player and yeah. whether he'd be able to play in the final. Did we play on the Tuesday? Uh, yeah, and they played the following night, didn't they? Cardiff Leicester on the Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yeah, and and the, the, no, nobody quite knew whether he was going to be allowed to play, and how could a player who scored a hat trick in the in the semis not be able to play in the final? Mm. And 
Um, so it was, um, but I, I was getting calls from people I'd not heard of for donkey's years saying, can't believe the way Blackpool played. I can't believe oh, you're no. in the final. And it was, it was probably my, probably even more so than the Wembley. That I saw like the proudest moment as a Blackpool fan, well, really, I think. On this, on this podcast, uh, Charlie, when we have just guests on like other Blackpool fans and, um, whenever we have new people on, it's, it's a question we ask, what's your most memorable Blackpool game? And I'd say 95% of them all cite that game, don't they, Tim? They, they, they yeah. say that was more... Did it? It meant more to them. Wow. Just the po- just the whole performance and the day, yeah. They, they all say the Forest game. It's... And, and, and to be fair, the, the, the Forest fans were very magnanimous after the game. Um, a lot of them came and shook around, wished us the best of luck, which you don't always get. I remember it happening at Swansea when we won 6-3 a couple of years before you joined um, when... Um, uh, uh, when we just f- sort of first came up into the championship, and um, no, sorry, it was when we were still in League One. It was it was the year we got promoted from your League One. We had the perfect ten, and um, and they did that. The Swansea fans did that then because they were like promotion rivals. And they, to be fair, to hold their hands up to Forest fans, they were they were they weren't very complimentary beforehand, but afterwards, I think they they realised that they'd seen a, a the ultimate team performance. Mm, yeah, it certainly was. Right, so on to the um, the the playoff final, Charlie. So. Talk us through the day. Um, what 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 was your build? What was your prep? What was the, the hotel like? And what was all well, these well, team well, talk like? Well, we remember all I remember was that um, the whole build up was sky cameras, and we do the preparation. And we went to a hotel, I think, for two or three days before the game, and out in Windsor, and we trained it there. Um, the hotel was okay, and um, it was just just different from what we were used to. We were. Because we obviously got to the final, and we first thing we said is we want new suits. So I said, so we said to Matt Williams, like, well, the club pay for suits and things like that. And he's like, you've got no chance here. <laughs> and I was saying, what? I said, come on, surely we get a suit. He says, do you know what we'll do? We'll get Marks and Spencers. So we end up with Marks and Spencers suits. Uh. Surprised it wasn't Primark. No, we end up with Marks and Spencers suits, and they come in and fitted us for for new suits and things like that. And um, uh, listen, it was it was great, and. Uh, yeah, we went down there and trained for a couple of days, and uh, no, we we were prepared well. We went to the Wembley. I think did we go? I think we went the day before to Wembley to look at it. And um, I remember standing on the pitch, and it was roasting hot, and uh, we knew it was going to be a hot day. And you know, obviously, we'd we'd end up um, you know going there the next day, and it was a, an unbelievable day. What was um what was all his team talk like before before the game? How did he did he approach it any differently to any other game, or did he just say, "As you were, gents"? No, just filled us with confidence. Saying, "Listen, we've got better players in there." He, I can remember the first couple of days, the day before the game, we were obviously set plays, and they had, um, you know, the Peter Whittingham, who sadly passed away recently mm-hmm. um, last year, it was, and um, he was a major threat um, for from set plays, and it was between me and him for the one of the top goal scorers um, in the league and um, his delivery was phenomenal and we were worried about his delivery in the day and we knew that he would score a set play or you know he'd be involved in set play so we had to worry about that and um, you know, obviously Chopra was a was a big player for them scored goals but we knew that when the team came in it was Bothroyd and Chopra we knew that how we played was going to was going to suit us because they wouldn't want to track back where our defenders our fullbacks were going so high we'd you know, Evo and um, Baps, they had the two lads in their control and, um, you know, us three midfield were, you know, we played well for a bit for, for the season and um, then the, the three lads up front, Brett, DJ and Fletch, we knew could win us a game but it was, um, you know, Ollie never changed anything. He just said, listen, lads, 
you deserve to be here. You're the best team in the league. You've you've done amazing. But now it's time to go and show everybody why you're here and, and the players that you are and, and, and make sure that you, you walk up that steps as winners and not losers. What it was what was it like walking out there with I mean, I think um that game it, it's by a lot by a, by a long way um, the game that has the most Blackpool fans ever in one stadium because even when Blackpool had 30,000, 35,000 uh, capacity, the guard top one's 38 against Wolves, it, there was always loads of away fans in, in the ground. So there's no way we ever, we've ever had a home game where we've had 37,000 there. No. And, and, and secondly, when we got to Wembley in 53, of course, they give as you probably know they give tickets out all over the country. So there may have been twenty twenty five thousand Blackpool, but again, no way thirty seven. So it is actually that you know all of us who were there that that is the most the most Blackpool fans who have ever been in a stadium together at one time. So what was it? What was it like coming out and, and seeing that? It's 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 weird that you're saying that that you, you don't realise that now as a player until you, until people talk about it that you know you were part of something that was special. Um, getting to the Premier League and. 37,000 Blackpool fans there in the day. I, I, what I remember is we going out to warm up and we warmed up in, in black jumpers, T-shirt, um, roasting hot. Walesy had the nightmare kit, man. And um, I just remember just going, warming up and looking around for my family who were there, parents, my, my brothers and my you know, friends and, 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 and obviously wife's friends at the time, family as well. And... Um, just spotting where they were in the crowd, and I could remember it. You know, as you walk it, and we obviously we we went we were in the left hand side. Family were down the left hand side. I had some people behind the goal, and then the fat miler, away from that, they were up in the stand up across right across from the the tunnel. And um, you know, it was just it was just down to us then. You know what I mean? Once you're on the pitch, warmed up, ready to go, and um, I just remember how hot it was. It was roasting hot, and uh, we lost an early goal um, through. Through Michael, uh, through Michael Chopper. It was Chopper, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, mm. we've obviously come come back into the game via the the iconic <laughs> goal that you've scored. Um, if you can see it on the little your little graphic there, that's you celebrating. You don't get this yeah. on Sky Sports, do you? you? Don't get a little Charlie on your uh, Sky Sports graphics, do you? No, I don't. I've actually <laughs> I've got um, I've got that picture actually um, somewhere. Actually, I think it's in storage at the moment. Um, Somebody done a big picture for me of that that celebration, yeah. and um, yeah, it's it's just it's 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 one that I remember well. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I have I've got, got, I've got I have a signed picture in one of, yeah. in, in uh, one of the rooms upstairs. It's uh, yeah, it is probably the iconic picture from the game, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, no, it was, and um, I had a free kick actually the day before in in, in training, in exactly the same place, right in the top corner, um, just practicing. And um, there's a funny story to that that. We were training and um, obviously we were worried about Peter Whittingham hitting the free kicks and um, we'd finished training and he'd set a wall up just for me to hit one. And I just said to them, I said, I just shouted to the manager, I said, listen, we don't need to worry about Peter Whittingham because, you know, Charlie Adam does these things on, on, on the big, in the big moments, big players turn up and I've just whipped this one right in the top top corner. And I don't even, I don't even stop. I just walk straight on the bus with my boots on, just get on the bus and the lads come on and saying, were saying to me like, "What's just happened there? Like that was just unbelievable." And um, fortunately enough for me, the next day I end up replicating it, replicating it, and um, putting another one in the top corner. And um, let's like say in the biggest game, 
you haven't scored many. You haven't scored many free kicks. That's, I know you did, you did in the Premier League season. No, didn't you, but no, I don't remember I, you scoring many. In the, no, in the no I don't. Year. I had, I, had a, I said to people, ask me how like for that free kicking. I said, yeah, but I was lucky. I was on them because the amount of free kicks I had during the season and I hit the wall. I went away. The, my free kicks were terrible that season. And fortunately enough for me, the the big game it, it turned out that I scored that goal and um, it was a, it was a, an amazing feeling as you could see by the celebration. I didn't know what to do and. I end up running towards the Blackpool fans with my arms out there like that, and and, uh, and Cranes Cranes managed to grab me, and um, uh, it was it was an amazing feeling. Were you confident you were going to score from the free kick based on what you'd done the previous day in training? Oh, ab- absolutely! I'm always confident. Um, I always back my own ability. Um, no matter who I'm playing against, I always think that I'm. I want to impose myself. I feel that I'm. You know, I'm when I'm going in there. If I do what I'm good at, then then the team will win, and that's how I felt when I was captain of the football club. That it was on onus on me to drive the football club forward um, and that's how I do every game even now at 35 at Dundee I'm still trying to, to drive the football club forward drive the players forward set the standard and I, and I always think as a, as a captain which is a, was a real honour for me um, and even now at my you know getting it at Dundee was, was, a, was, a, was a real privilege but when the manager gave me the armband I felt that that gave me another incentive to go and then prove everybody wrong and, and lead by example and I, f- and I hope that my performance has done that. And um, yeah, I loved every minute being captain. It means a lot to me to be able to be be captain of any football club. And But to go up that stairs and, and lift that trophy was was phenomenal. So but we, there are quite a lot of... Um, we've seen that goal from many times on replay from, from the traditional <laughs> TV cameras. Now, I've, I've pulled one out yeah. of YouTube from behind the goal. You may have seen this. You may have not. This is from the Cardiff end and it's it's great. Let's just have a quick watch of this. <laughs> it's great that they're all like thinking it's going to blast over yeah and yeah right in the top bin as you said like what no it was it was fun it was a, it was an unbelievable feeling and um you know the the whole game i never played well in the day i was you know i, I was probably nervous and i tried too many long passes and but the lads the lads dug deep and um you know in the end we probably could have won four or five too there's a, there's a bit actually. I think it's before. Um, I can't remember it's when Cardiff are two one up. Uh, but there's a bit, and there's about a ten fifty minute segment where we look like Brazil. It's yeah. it's it's absolutely fantastic section of the game to watch, and you just can't think that can't be Blackpool. That it cannot be Blackpool, and. Um, and we carried, carried on playing it, but obviously as, as we're going to go on to talk, you know, we we end up going two one down again, and it's a feature, isn't it, of all the this this running that we seem to go, we seem behind. to concede a goal, a yeah. goal behind, but we've got the belief that we know we're going to win, and we come back and and, and, and win every game, and it's um, and I don't think any of us, even when we went two one down, thought that that nobody thought that's the end, nobody thought that Blackpool are, we were, I, are out of this. I was, no, I was totally confident. Yeah, I, I knew we'd come yeah. back in. And that's 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 the belief that we had from the season, from the manager, from Tomo. Um, obviously, Parkey was there at the time as well, and they they drummed it into us like no matter what, we keep doing the right things. We did they keep doing the, the what we're good at, and we done that. And um, I'll say you never feel like you were out of the game. Obviously, we went two one done, but 
it's probably the worst thing that happened to them was probably going up too early scoring you know 2-1 and I thought we battered them for about a 15-20 minute period like you say and we, we got the two goals that, that got us into the game in that half time lead It was like a, a, a boxer on the ropes wasn't it just getting a pounding that last 15 minutes and we, we in, just, the, it, in, in the extra time? No, in the, uh, in the, at the end of the first the, last fifteen minutes of the first half, we were just all oh, over them. Oh, they never got out. It was it was brilliant. You know, it was corner after corner, and um, obviously I was taking on a set plays, and then obviously the second goal. If you look, it's me that goes to win the header, um, and um, it obviously breaks to to somebody, and it ever overhead kicks it, and no, he scored, Fletch, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and Fletch sticks his head in there, and where it, where it was going to hurt, and um, we get the goal, and then. And then the old the old boy, as we say, popped up and um, and and got us up three two at half time. It was uh, it was a sublime few minutes, I and mean, I think we I think everybody was just sort of out of breath at the end of that first half. I mean, a a was it? Most of us were in in. And it was I can't imagine what it was like for you on the pitch, but I think it was one hundred and twenty two degrees pitch side or something. I think if I remember right, because there's a bit in the game isn't there, where they show the thermometer at pitch yeah. side. Yeah. And we were, most of us were in full sun and most of us had a, had a shed full of ale beforehand. Um, <laughs> so we're starting to feel rather dehydrated um, by this stage. But uh, I think we, we just, I don't think any of us could, be, could believe what we'd watched in that first half. And probably the, the second half was, it was like the antithesis of it, wasn't it? Because we'd had, there'd been so much goal action and so much happening in the first half. In the second half, it was it was it was a very different game and a quite a, quite a nervy game in in some respects I think. Yeah, second half. Obviously, we got to half time three two up. We we were we we actually were we were laughing and joking with ourselves at half time, like thinking we're three two up. We're forty five minutes away from Premier League here, and the manager at the cameras done a little bit, gave us a little bit of a talk into saying, you know, this is us. You know, we're forty five minutes away from from the dream and. Brought up the five million pounds again, where it's going to change your life and and things like that. And and we went to their second half, and they they had a few chances quite early in the second half. I think Chopper hit the bar, didn't he? Yep. Um, and that woke us up a little bit. But we never really felt under too much pressure um, after that. But as the game gone on and they were chasing the game, we end up with a few chances that we probably could have scored them, and we could have probably won four or five two. But you no, know, it stayed three two, and the, the final whistle come, and it was just elation everywhere. So what was it like after the game then, Charlie, when when you when you realised you were going to be Premier well, League players? Well, when you don't you don't at the time you, you you think obviously you've won the biggest game and and all I can remember was I was lying on the ground and Rob Edwards on top of me and um, we um, obviously knew that we, we'd won and um, oh, it was just amazing and then I think out of respect we the players we you, you've obviously got to console. Cardiff lads, because I knew a few of the lads there, Kevin McNaughton, Ross McCormack was there, Gavin Ray, Chris Burke, so I knew a few of the lads in that team and I went round there, but once I got to, to in towards the Blackpool fans to, towards our own end with the, the players and that, and there was t-shirts given it and the flags and then I'd done an interview with Sky and, I, and, and I, like you say, you could see it on YouTube that I was lost for words didn't know what to say, I was mumbling I was stuttering about going to the Premier League and Talking about Blackpool going to, playing against the big boys and you know going to Chelsea and things like that, and it was just it was amazing. It was just hard to to actually take it in. And it wasn't until we we got back up, we went up and lifted the trophy and come back down that I realised what was happening. I could see my family and my crowd and people crying and 
and um, oh, it was it was amazing. You made a lot of grown men cry that day, including yeah. uh, including the great man himself, um, Jimmy Armfield. I, I remember he had a tear in his eye at the end, and uh, he wasn't the only one. No, it was um, it was great for for us to listen. We can talk about Jimmy that. You know, he was always in the football club a lot. He'd come into the to the to the training ground, and he was always coming with his umbro jacket on, and he'd come and tell us when he played in '66 and all these cup finals he played for Blackpool and all the games and all the great players, Suddick and Mortensen and and um, people like that, and Tony Green, and I would just he'd, he'd, he'd give us all many stories, and um, I don't, you know, we could all talk about how proud we were and that, but I don't think you can actually take how you know what it meant to him, you know, still living. In Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Town played there for, with the club for so long, was a, the greatest ever player probably to play for Blackpool. Um, and to see him, somebody like that, what it meant to him was was phenomenal. And, um, you know, fortunately enough, I could always say that I met him and he shook my hand that day that we lifted the trophy. I think a, a lot of people, Charlie, and... Oh, Tim will probably agree with this. It was just the best day of our lives. I think every single Blackpool fan I know, we we were just we were all in bits, and uh, Nick cried from the, on the podcast, and it was just it was a surreal moment for me. It was it was just that ridiculous to think of Blackpool playing in the Premier League. That I said to my sister, she was there, and I said, "You realise if we don't score a goal in the if we don't concede a goal in the next ten minutes, we're in the Premier League." It just it was it was like um, an out of body experience almost. Yeah, and um, obviously the whole the whole thing happened. We had a few beers, and seems like we had the drinking culture at our club <laughs> at that time. And um, it worked, yeah, it was, didn't it? Um, <laughs> it worked. And um, oh, we'd, we had a right we had a right scoop full there. We went back to the hotel. We had a party there, but I ended up in bed like before midnight because of the whole exhaustion. euphoria and the whole exhaustion. And and I realised that wow, what has actually happened? And it wasn't until I woke up the next day and we got on that bus. And we went along the prom and things like that, and then that's when the reality kicked in. That was just it was phenomenal. I still can't remember. I still can't believe how many people turned up for that. It's it was amazing. Was, it? it was it was a really really special look. Okay. To be honest, as you probably you know, I only work work around the corner, and I, I didn't really. I don't know what it was. I, I didn't really think that much about it. I thought I'll just wander down there and sit, and you know. And I turned got on the promenade. I could not believe what I saw. It was it was just incredible. Yeah, no, and we were the same as players. We, I think we started at the stadium. We, um, or did we start at the stadium or did we? Was it from the town hall or did it? It may have been from the town hall because we'd, we'd done a, like a, a thing in the day with Jimmy and the picture that I, I, I've got a picture of me, Brett, the manager, Fletch, um, and yeah, me, Brett, Fletch, the manager, and Jimmy. Um, I've got a big a picture there, and um, I think it was from the town hall, and we, we never knew what was actually going to happen. 
we got on the buses and that, and obviously STV were there, and we 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 got onto the prom, and it was just rammed, wasn't it? Mm. How many people? Two hundred fifty thousand. Mm. Yeah, was, I've, I've, I've no. I mean, there's all sorts of figures floating about, but again. You know, we talk about the most Blackpool fans in a in a football stadium uh, on the Saturday, and uh, and that's the most Blackpool fans you're ever going to see in in one place at one time, isn't it? It's sort of, I mean, I always because we always remember the pictures. You see those old pictures of the Blackpool '53 team coming back on an, an open top bus, don't you? And, yeah. and that, that's that to me is now is, a, is is as iconic. You know, it's it's just you know you see you all going down the prom. And and the, the sweat, you know, the swathes of people, the suns. I don't think it was particular. I don't think it was as hot as it obviously it was down at Wembley at weekend, but it was still nice, bright and sunny, and show Blackpool in a very good light. I think, which was going to prove to be a feature of the Premier League season. Yeah, it wasn't no, about the football, was it? It was about showcasing the town, and yeah, it was showcasing the town, and we knew that it wasn't just about the club were going to get a lot of money, but the whole the town and the businesses were going to. They were going to boom as well because we'd be getting big supports every week coming from 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 away grounds and the the hotels and the promenade and the you know the the, the bed and breakfasts they'd all be full as well and everybody was going to win at it and what I remember also about going back to the stories and the manager telling us that when we got there here we talked about you know the great players that played for our football club and um, you know he said it won't be until maybe ten fifteen years later that you realise what you've achieved maybe when you're retired. And people are asking you to do talk about a game like this, like the lads that won, you know, FA Cups and and the promotions. I want you to be the ones that people are still talking about in, in twenty years time, and and hopefully that that we are still talking about it another ten years time. Um, because we had, we, had a bit, we had a bit of that when we we had the five year anniversary, didn't we? Uh, which yeah. you all came to, and it's a real uh-huh. pity that last year, you know, with COVID. That we couldn't do something similar. Yeah, um, we, we we tried we tried to to try and um, we wanted to try and arrange a football uh, to arrange a match um, for the ten year anniversary and get the team back together and play a game at Bloomfield Road and then obviously the new owners come in and it was you know different ways and then obviously COVID it so it was strange but hopefully one day we can we can get back together and um, we could show the appreciation that we got as a, as a group of players from the supporters because. I think it would be a, an amazing turn for us as a group of players to maybe you know come back together and play. I don't know if we even play against the current team or something like that. Yeah. And and we and we and we split we split it to to charity and 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 do it that way because um, you know I just hope that the lads in that team could be recognised as the lads that, that you know in the, the 53 Cup final things that are, 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 are up there because they deserve it I think they are Tim aren't they I mean it's, it goes without yeah. saying really you speak to any fan of Blackpool these days I think we revere the, uh, the class of 2010 like no no team ever I mean you've got to think Charlie I mean when I started going we were getting crowds of 3,000 we were in the 4th division I mean Tim we were just bouncing up and down between the 3rd and the 4th division all the time it was just even never, when I I never on, thought it'd happen in my lifetime ever no even when I come on loan it was oh, we were getting 5,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know it was it was difficult and you know all of a sudden when we got closer than that we were getting 8,000 it was building the crowd was building people were coming back there was an atmosphere and then when we end up in uh, that Bristol City game, full house, it was just it was phenomenal. I'd never seen a five-figure crowd in my life. I think I'm mid-40s now. I think I was late 30s when I was performing. saw my first ever five-figure crowd at Bloom Road. And that was a that was a big moment for me to see Blackpool with 10,000 fans in. And um, that's all to do with you and that group. So I think 
I think statues should be built personally, but we'll, uh, no, yeah. oh, absolutely not. We're um, we're honoured that we um, we, were, we were listen. We were honoured that we, we managed to play for such a great club um, with a great history, and um, hopefully that we can we can get back one day and be remembered, and, and we can appreciate what you know as a group of players appreciate what the sports gave us in that amazing time. Just just before we move on to the uh, Premier season, um, I, I think it'd be remiss if we didn't mention that that, that your sort of um, um, uh, your your the way you played for Blackpool, particularly during that season, it, it saw you sort of rekindle your international aspirations, didn't it? Um, yeah. And uh, I know you. I know I think you'd played for Scotland when you were were at Rangers, but you had a probably your if I'm remembering it rightly, your most consistent period as a Scottish international while you were with Blackpool. Yeah, no, I did, did a few caps um, in that in that time in that period um, playing for Blackpool, and yeah, it was a great great honour to play for my country. I managed to get twenty six caps. Probably should have had a little bit more, but you know, said about football's all about opinions and, and things like that. But no, I um, no, it was another reason coming to Blackpool. I, I got the opportunity to play, and when you get an opportunity to play and showcase your your career, you know, you and you're being successful, then you get the opportunity on the international scene. I've done that, and um, no. I was delighted. I mean, Tim, from a from a Blackpool fan perspective, that was it was a kind of a time that in the Premier League when it was unprecedented for Blackpool to have so many international players playing in the team. Because at the time we had yourself, Charlie, we had we had early playing for Wales, um, Vaughan, Vaughan as well. Gillo uh, made the third bench at Scotland, didn't he? Um, Craney played for Scotland, Craney, yeah. Cranes was yeah. yeah. So it was a yeah. it was a. Pretty amazing time, really, to be a Blackpool fan, wasn't it? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.